The following is a dramatic reenactment. Hey, Taylor, what's going on? Hey, Brian, nothing much. What'd you order? Oh, I got this salad. It's really good and healthy. That sounds wonderful. What have you been up to? Well, uh, this morning, actually, I wanted to talk to you about this. I just read uh, one verse from Jeremiah chapter 29. It happened to be just 11. I didn't read anything else around it, oh. but I was just reminded um, that God knows the plans he has for me. Uh, he declares it, and it's for my welfare. It's not for evil. I have a future. I have hope. It's just wonderful. Sounds like everything's going to work out fine. Nothing bad will ever happen to me ever. How we read scripture is just as important as reading scripture, if not more important. Hermeneutics is the art of reading scripture rightly. If we're not careful, we will read into scripture what it isn't saying. I'm Taylor. I'm Brian. And this is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise. And stay tuned to the end of the episode where Pastor Brian reveals his most embarrassing moment. Wait, what? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Not too bad. Good to see you. You're looking well. Well, I'm feeling great after that dramatic reenactment. I think we'll be getting some offers here. That was devastating. Based on true events, I'm told. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hey, do we have any new reviews? Yeah. Jeremy says, I am thankful for this podcast, which reminds us to stay grounded and honest. So thanks, Jeremy, for leaving that review. And if anybody else would like to leave a review, that really helps us and helps others find the podcast as well. So thank you to all of our listeners for that. And we love hearing from you. Yes, we do. Today, we're going to be starting a new series. We're not entirely sure how long the series is going to last. There's a lot of really <laughs> good content here. Uh, but based on our opening, uh, as you can probably tell, the series is called misread. And what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at popular misread scriptures within their context. And today's first misread scripture is Jeremiah 29 11. Yeah, so why don't we just read that passage first, and then we'll talk about how it is misread. And unpack that just a little bit. So here we go, Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's a beautiful verse. It really is. And, and to, it, it kind of just reminds me just of the nearness of God in, in general. Like, this really is comforting. So let's list some ways or some places where we've heard this used. All right. I'm thinking I've heard this used for children yep. and maybe before they go to bed. Yep. For any kind of transition in a life event, a graduation, yep. cards, um, maybe somebody starting a new job. Mm -hmm. What am I missing here? Uh, I've seen it on a lot of coffee mugs. Oh, yeah. A lot of T-shirts. Um, Do I'll, people still buy motivational posters? Only if it has cats reaching up to the sky <laughs> saying, I can do it, but it's all spelled wrong. My guess is that most of our listeners are familiar with this verse, not only because they've read it in the Bible, but because they've seen it. It's kind of popularized in church culture. It really is a, an, an interesting aspect of church culture where we gravitate towards certain verses. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, or love God, love your neighbor, where we kind of really enjoy these sound bites from Scripture. But based on just reading them as they are, they all sound really good, and they all sound really applicable, and they sound all about my walk with God. And the problem is when we read a, a Scripture— 
and we just take that one verse and we try to lay it on top of whatever situation we're in. So uh, I'm sick today, and I read this verse, and, I, and I'm saying, well, I'm going to be fine. God knows the plans he has for me. He's going to prosper me. Sounds like I should be better by tomorrow. Right. Or I'm struggling financially, and I take this verse, and I say, well, God knows the plans, and he's going to prosper me. What? He's going to make me wealthy, so everything should be fine financially for me tomorrow. It almost sounds like I have no real responsibility in what I should be doing because God's going to take care of all of it. And to the kind of nth degree on that is that God is the genie in the bottle and gives me what I want. Yeah, going even a step further, it almost sounds like witchcraft, where I do A, B, and C, and now God owes me something. Or because I've done the right things, because I do love God, because I do pray, because I do tithe, then God owes me health and wealth and security and peace. So there's a number of verses in the Bible where if we just were to even go one verse back, we could learn this context of what's happening. And sometimes maybe you need to go two or three verses back or two or three chapters back. But in this one, it's interesting. You only have to go one verse back. So let me go a verse backwards. To Jeremiah 29, verse 10. Yes, here it, here it is. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you. So when we read the context, it's not that God is going to rescue Israel immediately. He's saying after 70 years of Babylonian exile in which your culture, your everything is trampled upon by the wicked empire Babylon, your enemy and God's saying 70 more years of this. Interestingly enough, historically, this is also the time of Daniel uh, where this is taking place. And one of the things that we read in the book of Daniel during this time is that just kind of like what you're saying, they're rechanging their culture. They're saying, no, Babylonian language, Babylonian theology, Babylonian culture, Babylonian cuisine, Babylonian law, Babylonian religion. No, no, no. That's what's real. That's what's true because we beat you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that you bring up Daniel because when you read the book of Daniel, you see him kind of picking and choosing where he'll go along with what Babylon, Babylonian culture says and where he'll say, no, I'm, I'm not going to go along with that. Yeah, I'm going to stand with the Lord on this. Interestingly enough, if you go one more verse after 11 and you get to verse 12, it says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and Mm. I will hear you. Yeah. So it's this kind of interesting progression. Just within these three verses, we have 70 years. It's going to be really hard, and we have to remember that this is God disciplining his people for their rebellion against him, the rejection of him as God only, but God isn't leaving them alone. He's not Mm. abandoning them. This is for a time. This is for a season. And 70 is a big, prominent number within Scripture. Then it moves on to, yes, but why is he going to prosper them? Why is he going to be with them? And again, this mm-hmm. is specifically for the church today, right? That, that's yeah. who this is about. It's only about the church. And I can take this and apply it in any kind of way. Well, that's not what the Scripture is actually saying. Mm-hmm. The scripture is saying this is about Israel back then. And this is God talking to them. So is God not talking to us through the Scripture? 
That's a great question. I believe that when we look at Scripture, we need to be really careful about taking one verse and claiming it has full application in our lives, while at the same time recognizing that Scripture has truth for all situations and all times. So we are not reading this verse just to say dismiss it or right. to poo-poo on it. We, we love that God says, I am with you, and I do want you to feel my love, and I do uh, want you to prosper, but that prospering may not be the way we always identify it, and right. we certainly don't want to have to wait 70 years because we realized a number of people hearing this knew, well, I'm already 70 years old. It's not even going to be my generation right. that sees this, but to know that God is still Lord and that God is doing something. Another prophet who experienced the exile was Ezekiel, and I love the phrase that shows up time and time and time again throughout Ezekiel. God keeps saying that they will know that I am Lord. So whether good things happen, that they will know that I am Lord, bad things happen, that they will know that I am Lord, they obey, they disobey, that they will know that I am Lord, that God is doing something through people, through history, all of the time, but it may not always be in our timing. God's desire is that people will know that he is the Lord. And when we realize that, it helps us read scripture in a way that we can apply the truths of God's presence and his love and his faithfulness without trying to cram one verse uh, to have application in an area where it may not be. It may be that you are suffering from some financial hardships today, and you may still be tomorrow. That doesn't mean that God's turned his back on you. In fact, God wants you to know his presence is with you right now. Even if your finances don't improve tomorrow, he's with you and he loves you. And uh, he's designed the church and his people to care for you in this moment. So let's echo this back. It's important for us to read Scripture the right way, since it is God's Word to us, and we don't want to read into Scripture what it's not saying. So does that mean I have to throw away my Jeremiah 29.11 coffee mug? No, just make sure you have your Jeremiah 29.10 mug right <laughs> next to it. <laughs> All right. Hey, we finished 30 seconds early, so we would love for you to take this next 30 seconds and just think about and pray about how is God's presence with me and his promises still true, even if it's not the timing I had in mind. Thanks for sticking with us to the very end. It is now time for everybody's favorite part of the show, Pastor Brian's most embarrassing moment. Pastor Brian, what is your most embarrassing moment? I know exactly what it is. I was a youth minister. This happened about 15 years ago, and we went to a Tulsa Classic Laser Quest. Over on Sheridan, youth groups and school groups have been going there for years. Yep. It's just awesome place playing laser tag. So I took some junior high kids there one afternoon. We got there a little bit later than we wanted to, and a game was already getting ready to start. So they take you into this area. They give you the, the talk about how to play and don't run around and hit people. But when we got there, 
other people were already getting fitted or getting their, their equipment on. So when we got in there, they put it on us real quick and said, go ahead and, and play. The game hasn't started yet, but other people are already on the course. And the course is inside. It's dark. There's like fog machines and black lights, and you can't see anything. So we get out there, and as soon as we get there, the game starts. And so there's a couple junior high kids, there's me, and then there's this other group that we have not even seen yet who are playing. And I'm going around, and we I have not played very often. When I did, I wasn't very good. But this time, I am just lighting it up. I am I am shooting. No, they don't call it shooting. They call it tagging right, with my laser. Yeah. yeah, I'm tagging. <laughs> All of these people left and right. I come around corners. I would see like a group of three. I'd be like, bing, bing, bing. And my gun would tell me that I was got all three of them. I was barely ever getting tagged. Just for like 20 minutes, I kept thinking it's going to go south at some point, And it just kept getting better. I realized I might even win this thing. I'm getting so many people. Finally, the game ends, and they kind of flash a light, and you make your way to the exit. And when you walk out the exit door, it's a lit hallway, and I walk out and I realize I'm surrounded by a large group of kids with special needs. (laughs) 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 So that's who I had been dominating in laser tag. (laughs) And it gets worse. There's a big uh, TV screen, and somebody stands up, one of the employees stands up and reads out the winners oh my and hands out your scorecards, <laughs> and they call out my name, and my code name was Celine Dion, oh, because I always went with that code name, and that's a whole other story. I just felt like if you got shot by Celine Dion, that would be demoralizing. So they, they call out my code name, Celine Dion. And I have to make my way to the front to get my scorecard. My, you know, junior high kids are kind of clapping. Uh, the other kids are <laughs> clapping for me, but they're, but the volunteer <laughs> workers who had brought them there were not clapping. No, no. They were not impressed <laughs> that I had dominated that game with this beautiful is... group of kids that were just incredible wow. and awesome. But I was definitely mired in shame from then on. So that's it. I think that's my most embarrassing story. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> oh my gosh. I I I oh goodness. Um we have to we have to end now. <laughs> All right. So so next episode it's it's on you, my friend. Oh, it's on me. Oh. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We would love for you to reach out to us uh, at com and share with us any ideas or feedback you have. And you can also catch my book, find out my book, uh, Dancing in No Man's Land, Moving with uh, Truth and Peace in a Hostile World or in a Laser Tag World, whatever. <laughs> I may change the title. So, hey. I'm Taylor. I'm Brian. And this is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise. And beating special needs <laughs> kids at Laser Tag, apparently. Uh, I dominated. <laughs> See y'all. Blessings. Blessings. <laughs>